a small congregation at the foothills of the Great Smokies. They built a church uh, that by land that had been given to them. And 10 days before the opening, they're told by a building inspector, you cannot open unless you have, you've got to double the number of car parks you've got. The situation looked impossible because they were built right up against a mountain. Well, the day, unfazed, the pastor called a prayer meeting for everyone like we're doing tonight with mountain-moving faith. Well, of the 300 members in the church, 24 had that kind of faith and they turned up, prayed for a miracle. At the end of the meeting, the pastor said, we'll open next Sunday, God has never let us down. The next morning, a construction foreman from the next county turns up and says, we need heaps of dirt fill. Will you please sell us a part of your mountain? We will pave all the exposed areas with car parks. The prayer of faith saved the church and it opened at the expected time. He is a mountain moving God. Literally, he can move mountains. So let's go to Mark 11 to pick up our first verses for today in verse 23 and 24 of Mark 11. And we read these powerful words. For assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus's red letters, by the way. Whoever says to this mountain, if you've got a mountain you're facing, you've got to speak to it. All right. Talk to it. Just don't plead with God about it. Whoever says to his mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, that's where you need the faith, but believes those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Your faith can grow stronger than it is today. Faith increases. The Bible speaks of at least seven levels of faith. Let me go through them with you. One is no faith. Mark 4, 40. He said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? You know, the disciples were like that. Sometimes we have virtually no faith in what we're facing today. It can be possible. But number two is weak faith. Being not weak in faith, Romans 4, 19. He considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Rich in faith, James 2, 5. Has he not chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? Strong faith, Romans 4.20. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. Have you got a promise of God? Got a prophecy? Something God said to you? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham's strong faith, guess what? It released the impossible. A child was born at age of 90. That's impossible. That's what faith can do. Don't ever underestimate what faith can do, friends. It's a great ingredient we need in our lives, maybe more than anything else. Then there's great faith, Matthew 8, 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them, them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not even in Israel. And then full of faith, Acts 6, verse 8, Stephen, full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. Wherever you are on one to seven, here's the good news. Your faith can grow. Your faith will grow. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, your faith grows exceedingly. I'm going to try and give you nine ways this morning to increase your faith if I can get there, all right? So let's start with number one is relationship with God. Daniel 11:32. the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I believe relationship with God is the number one single greatest factor to having real faith. 
not mental faith, not mental assent, not mental agreement, but real faith in your spirit where you know God's going to come through. That comes out of relationship because faith is something of the spirit. It's not really something of the mind. It's something in here. And that comes out of relationship with God. It comes with walking with God. If we don't walk close to God, see, David had great faith. And he was a man after God's own heart. Paul had incredible faith. And he was a man who said that I might know him. See, at a relationship, they got this tremendous faith in their lives, moved mountains, saw breakthroughs, miracles, answers to prayer, and tremendous works of God in and through their lives and ministry. So, you know, faith is choosing to unswervingly believe what God has said. Unswervingly, boldly believe what He has said. The unswervingly is an important part of that, friends. Sometimes our faith is up, down, down, up, down, up, down. It's all over the place. But a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't let him think he's going to receive anything from the Lord. We need consistent, faithful faith, I guess you could so call it. So we need a strong relationship with God, but we also need to be reading in His Word so we know what God has said. You can't claim a promise of God if you haven't got one. You can't claim the Word of God if you don't know what's in it. So we need to be walking with God. We need to have a hearing ear. If we don't have a relationship with God, listen to this, and we're not hearing what God says, we could end up like uh, one of the boys in our children's church many years ago who fervently prayed week in and week out for a red Ferrari. (laughs) It didn't happen. Why? It wasn't a request out of relationship. It wasn't a request out of hearing from God. The second key is the Word of God, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And faith can increase. Now listen carefully. Do you know how faith increases? Whether you're reading the Word of God or whether you're listening to a sermon like you are this morning, faith comes as you actively open your spirit to God and you engage with the message and with the speaker Intensely, you engage like a drowning man gasping for breath. You engage with the speaker. That's why when people say amen and praise God, they're engaging. They're receiving a whole lot more than someone that sits back. Just, oh, what was that again? Friends, you know, you, you see what's going to happen this morning. Some people are going to really grow in faith and others are going to go with no faith, no extra. And it all depends on how much you engage. How much the same as you read the Word, as you engage with God. So I was reading the Bible yesterday, man, I engaged with the Word of God. And as I engaged, I was received, my faith was growing. Was, I knew that in that hour or whatever it was I spent with God, my faith increased because I engaged. And so in a service, friends, it's so important. It's the same with the worship. You get nothing out of it if you just stand there and sing the songs and your mind is a thousand miles away. If you engage, begin to raise your hands, sing, read the words, you're going to get God's presence is going to come. Faith is going to grow. God's going to begin to draw you closer to Himself. Your relationship with Him will deepen. So it all comes down to the extent to which you engage in a service with whatever is taking place. And the more you engage, the more you receive faith. Thank you for the two amens that I heard. Thank you for the two people who engaged. How many of you are fully engaged right now in this message? (laughs) That's great. Thank you so much. So we've got to read the Word of God uh, if we're going to grow in faith. Guess what the problem is? 
85% of Christians don't read their Bible Monday to Sunday. It's impossible to have faith, folks. Sorry. I know it sounds mean. I know it sounds awful, but it's the truth. You can't have faith if you're not in this book. Full stop. You need healing. You need a breakthrough. You need a miracle. You need God to do something. You've got to get into the book. Is that all right, church? You don't mind me telling you the truth? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You got it. You got it. That's how it works. George Mueller had strong faith. So untold miracles. We love reading his books, don't we? He said this, for the first three years after salvation, he said, I neglected the word of God. Didn't see much happen. He said, since then, I began to search it diligently. Everyone say diligently. He engaged. He searched it diligently. Wow. You know, you know, yesterday as I was reading my Bible, I got stuck on about three or four verses, virtually the whole time, as the Spirit was ministering faith into here. And it was just amazing. It was just, I saw some stuff I'd never seen before, and I was diligently reading God's Word, diligently searching the Scriptures. And that's where faith comes and where faith grows. He goes on and says, I began to diligently search it. The blessing has been wonderful. I've read the Bible through a hundred times and always with increasing delight. Can I just throw out a question? Why don't Christians read their Bibles? Interesting, eh? I mean, why, why don't, what, just, why don't? Why don't people, why don't they just read it? Is it, is it just too boring, is it? Or what is it about this book that's distasteful? I'm not getting at anyone. I'm just intrigued that 80%, 5% don't read this thing. It's, it's just an astonishing statistic. Would you agree? Is that astounding? Who's surprised at that? The 15% are surprised. <laughs> All right, there you go. Let's move on from there. See, I was asked to do radio 15 years ago, and I just said, no, I'm not doing this. I can't do it. I'm too busy. So the guy said to me, I want you to fast and pray before you say no. You know the story, but the point is this. So as I'm not fasting and praying, but as I'm just reading my Bible, I come across a verse, and God speaks to me, 1 Corinthians 15, 10. I labored, I labored more abundantly than them all. That means I worked harder than all, yet not I but the grace of God, which was in me. So it's like God said, yeah, you're going to, it is at work, and you're going to have to work harder, but my grace in you is going to enable you to do it. I had a word from God. So then I said to the radio people, I said, yeah, I'll do it. That's 15 years ago. It's one of the most fruitful aspects of Church Unlimited's ministry. Guess what? I could have missed the whole deal. If I wasn't in this book and God didn't speak to me, I wouldn't have had the faith to say yes. I wonder how many things we say no to, you know, without really praying and finding out what God is actually saying to us. And, you know, because we think, no, I don't want to do that. That's out of my zone. Or, you know, I don't feel like I should do that. You know, I don't think I should be an intern. Well, we'll pray. <laughs> Why don't you pray and see what God says? You might get the shock of your life. <laughs> he might say, no, we don't want you. <laughs> that would be a shock, wouldn't it? <laughs> he might say, yes, we do. Yeah, I want you to do that. Faith comes by the word of God. Number three, let's see how far we get today. Exercise the faith you've got. You know the story, don't you? Little boy. He wanted huge biceps. He wanted to look like me, I guess, but anyway. 
And so he, he would just pray every day. I said, God, give me massive biceps. God, give me massive. Month in, month out. And then he'd look in the mirror, and of course, his biceps never changed. And we know why. He didn't need to pray for more biceps. He needed to exercise the muscles and the biceps he already had. As he exercised them, they would grow. And the same is true with faith. As you exercise your faith you have, your faith is going to grow. Your faith muscle would increase. I remember years ago, it's probably 25 years ago, I prayed with someone with serious sciatica. And I'll never forget it because they told me years later that after I prayed, they got healed. Well, recently we had a half night of prayer. Another person came up to myself and Adrian with sciatica too, and uh, we prayed for them and they got healed. And then another person got healed. And I've said this, this faith is growing in my heart, <clears throat> not only for sciatica, but also for, for healing, uh, for, uh, you know, for other sicknesses that people might get. <clears throat> when Adrian gets migraines, I usually pray with her with the laying on her hands. I don't always get to it and we don't always remember, but I do. And most times when I pray for her, the migraine will go. And sort of other areas of pain, sometimes pain, it also happens at times. And so my faith is increasing in, in that area, in the area of healing right now. And I think, friends, we're about to see some incredible healings take place in this church. I just, this is a season of faith, church. I'm telling you, it's a season of God increasing faith in our lives, imparting faith because of the things that He's wanting to do in and through our lives. Matthew 17, 20. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So recently I'm coming to the prayer room. When you go to the prayer room, God can bless you, you see. So I'm going to the prayer room. Someone comes up to me and they says, uh, look, here's a, a packet of mustard seeds. And they gave it to me, and I sort of thought, well, that's nice. <laughs> I don't actually eat mustard seeds, but thank you anyway. And then they said, oh, look, God wants you to give me one. So I got out one. They're tiny little things. Got out one, gave it to the person. And basically the thought was, I just need one mustard seed, and I'll get the miracle I need. My mountain's going to move. I just need one mustard seed. So I went to give her back the packet. And she said, no, no, God's told me you to keep the whole packet. I thought... It's just storage space I'm going to have to use up in my house. <laughs> then I thought about it. I began to consider it. I was putting this message together. It's like God said, this is a prophetic act. Taka, I'm putting into your hands thousands of mustard seeds of mountain-moving faith. I'm telling you, church, watch out. Just watch out. Watch what God is about to do. What God's already doing, but what He is about to do. But to release it and see it fulfilled, we need those mustard seeds of faith. And I'm not going to give you any of these ones because they're mine. You get your own, all right? But as you listen to speak, see, I, I do have faith. God has deposited a measure of faith in my life. There's Different things God does for different people. So I know I can impart faith into people's lives. In fact, one of the great prophetic words that I've had over my life is that I can shift things as I speak. So I can shift people as if they'll engage with my ministry and as I speak, I can shift them from where they are today in God to another place. I can do this. It's an anointing of the Holy Spirit. I, can, there's a, I can't do it all the time, but there's an anointing at times to shift atmospheres. 
I remember once preaching in a church in India and I, I gave them some declarations about growth and increase in the church. A pastor rang me up about a week later or something and he said, you won't believe it. He said, our church has just exploded, increased by a, a thousand or more people. We shifted an atmosphere. Friends, faith can move mountains. And I've just been given a, a, I don't know, there's probably a thousand or more mustard seeds in here because that just tells me what God is going to do in our church, in your life, in my life, through Church Unlimited, in this nation and in the nations of the world. Acceleration of expansion. Tenfold increase in 10 years. More Church Unlimited in our nations. I'm reminded of a word that David McCracken had to the leaders about, I can't remember where it was, I'm going to try and find it three or four years ago, where he said to the leaders, he said, your pastor's going to start saying stuff about what God is saying, and you are not going to want to believe it, or you're, not, you're going to struggle to believe it. And he said, at that point, you need to stop thinking it through and, and believe that he's heard the voice of God. So that's sometimes, friends, that's where God is taking us now. And we're starting to say some things that are a little bit out there. Just receive it by faith. Don't try and think it all through and work it all out. Just go with it and flow with it. And if you need a bit more faith, come tonight, because we're going to create an atmosphere of real faith. And there's something God spoke to me about yesterday that won't be for tonight, but for another time, which is really exciting as well. So number four, we only got a few minutes left. Number four is walk with faith people. Amen. Hang around them, listen to them, talk to them. There's an impartation comes from being with faith people. There's a guy, a pastor in our country and nation, and he's always wanting to see me. He just says, Doug, I just want to sit with you and I want to talk to you and I want to listen to you because he, he receives something, you see. So he's just worked out, I'm ahead of where he's at and he's sort of more starting out and so he wants to receive and anything he can get from me, he wants to grab. You know, it's not only me that can do that, but most of us can do that. If people will sit with you, they can receive from what you carry in your spirit and in your life and there can be an impartation to you. But I like to be surrounded by faith people, not by people who give me five reasons why it won't work or three, re or three things that could go wrong. I don't want to hear that because I need all the faith that I can get. And the next phase of Church Unlimited is going to require tremendous faith. It really is. And so we've got to build our faith. We've got to go after faith. We've got to get in this book more than ever before so we have the faith to release the promises of God. Number five is talk faith. Speak positively. Don't be false, but speak positively about the future. If you can't say something positive, shut up. Is that good news? Okay. Read the Bible. Well, we've covered that enough. But read the miracles in the Bible. Read Smith Wigglesworth. Read John G. Lake. Read George Mueller. Read, read all these faith people and see what God can do through ordinary human beings. D.L. Moody, who shook the world. I mean, you know what he was? He wasn't an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor. He was a shoemaker. That's all he was. No education. In fact, when, they, when he applied for membership in his church, they wouldn't have him on. They said they'd never come across someone so ignorant. And he would not amount to anything. Then the guy went on and shook the world. Do you know why I reckon he got into this book? You know, faith, it, comes, it can come, faith is for anybody. Christianity, you know what I love about Christianity? It's a great equalizer. Doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your upbringing, doesn't matter your intelligence, how charismatic you are, whether you were a head prefect or no prefect, or, you know, you were the dunce in the school. It doesn't matter. You may come from the poorest home in the, in, in the country, the worst background. It does not matter you got the same God in you. you got the same Spirit in you. you got the same Jesus. you got the same Holy Ghost. It's all the same. You are a candidate to the measure that you will surrender yourself 
unreservedly, totally and completely to God, then you're a candidate. Number five, seven, watch faith. Turn off the TV. Turn off those movies and videos which all reduce your faith. Yeah. They do. Well, do you think they build your faith? No, no. They reduce your faith. So turn all those off and turn on running with fire television. Get some faith in your spirit. See, life comes down to something very simple. It's whatever you deposit. Whatever you deposit in your life is what develops and what grows. You know, we're not thou shalt not. We don't, we're not a thou shalt not church. But we will advise people what's going to build your faith and what's not going to build your faith. Sometimes you need to sit back and think, well, now that, what I did for that last hour and a half, what did that do for my faith? Did it grow it? Did it build it? What, what did it do? Now, of course, watching the All Blacks win, that builds faith. <laughs> We're just about through. <clears throat> We're doing all right? Yeah. Whose faith has grown? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it has. Ask God for more faith. The apostles did that. We're going to do it tonight. Luke 17, 5, Lord, increase our faith. See, the disciples didn't have the faith they always needed. They faced situations, oh, man, I, I just don't have faith for this. They, well, then ask God. <laughs> ask God for the faith that you want or you need. You have not because you. There you go. Maybe the biggest thing you should ask for is faith. Yeah. Ask God to increase your faith. And number nine, our last point is this. Pray against unbelief. This probably is the burden of my heart for tonight. Remember the children of Israel? They had all the promises of God, land flowing with milk and honey, fruitfulness you couldn't believe. But they never saw it. One simple word. Unbelief. Unbelief. It's a massive, massive stronghold in the Western church today. And I think it limits God working in our lives. Unbelief. We're in our churches, in our nation, in our community. Do you know India, they're saying now, is about 8, 10, maybe 15% born again. Let's say, let's say somewhere in between. Let's go with 9%. New Zealand's probably... Three or four percent. India, I think if I got it right, has 20 million gods. It may be more than that. 20 million gods, and yet the atmosphere of India is more open to the gospel than New Zealand. That's why I think humanism and unbelief is one of the greatest strongholds that needs to be brought down, needs to be conquered in my heart, your heart, and in the Western church overall. That's my conviction. I believe it's true. And so we're going to go after that tonight through prayer and through praise. We're going to smash unbelief in our hearts, in our church, in our lives, and we're going to release faith and we're going to release miracles and we're going to release breakthroughs. You know, in the Bible, you read the, uh, the story about a boy that was mute and uh, demon-possessed. And I think the father says, uh, Lord, help my, uh, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's what he says. And then the guy got the boy was, that was delivered and set free. You can look that up. There's a legend told of a town in which there were no liquor stores or nightclubs. Eventually, someone built a nightclub. One church was so upset they had prayer meetings. This is a legend. All night, prayer meetings, and asked the Lord to burn down the nightclub. Well, lightning struck it and it's completely destroyed. As a result of that, the owner, knowing how the church had prayed, took them to court and sued them for damaging his church. 
The church people said it wasn't us. So the judge said it's an opinion of this court that the owner of the nightclub is the one who really believes in prayer while the church members don't. (laughs) There's a similar story found in Acts chapter 12. Remember Peter's in prison. The church is praying all night. He's guarded by 16 soldiers. He's locked up, locked away, no way of escape. Church is praying earnestly for his release. God works a miracle. He gets set free. Peter knocks on the door. Rhoda answers the door. She's so shocked. She leaves him at the, the door, runs in and tells everybody, hey, I guess God's answered our prayers and Peter is free. And so this faithful all-night prayer meeting group of believers say to Rhoda, their response to Rhoda is, you are out of your mind. Isn't it amazing? It's still true today. People pray, 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 but they do not expect God to answer. And even when he's answering, they question whether he's actually answered. So they are praying all night for Peter's release. He's released and they say to the girl, you're out of your mind. He can't be released. In other words, God can't answer our prayers. Well, why on earth were they praying? (laughs) Unbelief, friends, greatly limits what God can do in our lives. It stops breakthroughs. It stops healings. It stops miracles. And we've got to deal with unbelief in our hearts. What are you up to? What are you facing in your life today? Don't give up. Why? Because God loves you. He cares about you and what you're facing today. And he specializes in miracles. He's ready to work for you. Faith is a trigger that releases God's power. Greater things are yet to come. And I believe God is ready to increase your faith. He's ready to increase my faith. I feel it. I believe it. And it's time for your breakthrough. It's time for you to step into the much more that God has for you. He is the Lord of the breakthrough. Amen.